Let us be attentive. O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. To you, O Lord, have I cried, O my God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to Timothy. Let us be attentive. Timothy, my son, always be steady, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already on the point of being sacrificed. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but, al but also to all who have loved his appearing. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Let us be attentive. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who shall prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and had a leather girdle around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Early 20th century residents of this certain coastal city of Fort Bragg, California, disposed of their trash by throwing it over a cliff and onto a nearby beach. Whatever you can think of, cans, bottles, tableware, household garbage, was tossed there. And it accumulated into huge, disgusting piles along the seashore. Even when the residents stopped depositing trash on that beach, it really remained an embarrassment, a dump seemingly beyond reclamation. Over the years, however, wave action broke up the glass and the pottery, and it washed the rubbish out to the sea. The pounding surf rolled and tumbled the glass fragments in the sand on the ocean floor, ultimately frosting and smoothing it over, thus creating gem-like what they call sea glass, which the waves then deposited back onto the beach. The surf created, ultimately, a multicolored, variegated beauty at which visitors to this day, to this renamed glass beach, now stare in wonder. In just a few days, brothers and sisters, on the 6th of January, we will celebrate the baptism of our Lord. But today, in this four-feast period of Theophany, we are called to prepare for that great event. So the church sets, us, sets before us, he who prepared the way for the Lord, he who prepared for the new grace, John the Baptist. And according to the Gospel of St. Mark, which we just heard, two distinct prophecies of the Old Testament were fulfilled in the person of the Baptist. One from the prophet Malachi, whose memory we happen to celebrate today on the 3rd of January, and the other from the prophet Isaiah. Both of these prophecies are concerned with preparation, making oneself ready. Malachi reads, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. And Isaiah says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Through this emphasis on preparation, we are reminded that in order to receive grace, we must first make ourselves ready to receive it. When we, let's say, plant a garden, it's necessary, as you know, to, to break up the ground to plow it, fertilize it, weed it, right, clean it up, so that we can then plant the seed, pour the water on that, so then it can sprout and bear fruit and beauty. In order for rubbish like broken glass and disposed of pottery to become beautiful, it must first undergo a radical transformation through a difficult process being beaten and churned, ultimately smoothed and purified by the ocean waves. 
In the same way, it is necessary for us to prepare our hearts and our souls for the Lord. John came preaching a baptism of repentance to prepare the way for Christ. And even Christ's very own preaching begins with the word repent. So what then is necessary for us to do in order that we may receive God's grace and for it to act lively in us? First and foremost, we must be honest about our sins, about our weaknesses, about our passions, about our weaknesses and brokenness. Acknowledgement of our sinfulness is a prerequisite for the indwelling of us of the spirit of truth, as the Holy Spirit is called. For as St. John tells us in his first epistle, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. So this self-humbling attitude is the criterion of truth in our relationship, our authentic relationship, that is, with God. For we can't be cured of the spiritual sickness if we hide and bury our sins or make excuses for them or even pretend that we have none. We can only be straightened when we confess our crookedness. We can only be cured if we are honest about that spiritual sickness inside. We can only become beautiful by first acknowledging the ugliness within. St. Cosmas of Etolia, a wonderful preacher of the 18th century, says, we must find fault with ourselves and then we will be saved. By seeing our sins for what they are, we then approach through holy confession the divine throne of grace. And make no mistake about it, to confess literally means to say something aloud, ex homologo in the Greek. To speak the sin, that is to name it and to identify it, is to expose it. It only has power over us when lurking in the dark. And this is exactly what the devil wants us to do, to hide our sins, bury them, so that they, from there, might rule us. To confess them is to shed light on them, to put them to flight, even to render Satan powerless, and to ultimately set us free from his grip as those gross creatures, I think, cockroaches, scatter and scurry in the blink of an eye when the light goes on in a dark room. So too do the demons, the sins, and the passions flee from us when the light of God's grace pierces our hidden darkness through the sacrament of repentance and confession. John came preaching a baptism of repentance and the scriptures clearly say, Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. 
not in private, not in their minds, but openly, publicly, and with their own lips. In the book of Judges, we read, And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying aloud, We have sinned against you, because we have forsaken our God and have served the idols. David, the prophet, said verbally to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. The text I quoted earlier from St. John's first epistle continues, If we confess our sins, God is merciful, God is just, and he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And St. James writes, Confess your sins so that you might be healed. The prophet Isaiah said, as we heard, Prepare the way of the Lord. That is, prepare yourselves for repentance for the coming of grace. Till the ground of your heart through confession, so that the Lord's healing may enter therein. My brothers and sisters in Christ, even if one's life seems to have become like a dump, like a heap of garbage or a mess beyond hope, it is never beyond repair. The cleansing action of God's grace can work in you what those violent waves did at the beach of Fort Bragg. The Lord, if you allow him, can smooth those rough edges, purify the filth, and transform something unsightly into something very beautiful in God's eyes. Again, as it is written in the prophet Malachi, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will become my treasured possession. God can and will act in you to make you into one of his jewels, uncomfortable though it may be at times. As a hymn from the Feast of Theophany says, The voice of the word, the lamp of the light, the morning star, the forerunner of the sun, has cried out to the people in the wilderness, Repent and be cleansed, for Christ is coming to deliver the world from corruption. And Jesus invites every single one of us with these beautiful and sweetest words. Come to me, all of you who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will make you my own treasured possession. To him be the glory now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen.